Active Architecture, Episode 4. I'm Jen Geppinger. I'm Kevin Batchelder. And I'm Jay. Tonight we will be discussing the fourth episode of Dollhouse from Season 1, titled Grey Hour. And everything is blue sky. Blue skies. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited to actually watch this one. Yeah, this is not, uh, it's not a high visibility one in terms of something you see a lot of people mention or comment. So it's kind of, when you go back on a rewatch, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, that's right. That's an early season one episode. Kind of, kind of fun one to go back to or, you know, just the three of us tonight. Uh, we don't have a co-host, but uh, it's funny. We were just talking about looking at our list. We should have co-hosts for every episode remaining in season one and almost all of season two. So you'll have some other voices in here from time to time, folks, too. Yeah, I was a little shocked that this episode didn't get a co-host because I think if you if you were giving me an opportunity to do any of the Fox 5, this was my favorite. And so um, I think it has uh, a lot of layers in it, um, especially for, you know, that first five episode block. So um, I'm, in, I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> Agreed. It, it was one of the ones that, it, as you said, it had a lot of layers. And I think it was when we started to see more and more of what the show was going to be or where it could go and how, how it could be so many things in one episode. Exactly. The questions it could ask you, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It definitely was. I mean, I must admit though, the, the, the opening scene with Echo is the midwife <laughs> still kind of catches me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, WTF. I mean, you know, okay. <laughs> took a couple of watches of this episode before I realized how it tied in a little bit towards the end but otherwise I'm like okay where is this coming from I have a question about this mountain house I'm so confused with this throughout the entire series the mountain house A is she referring to the house that she's a midwife in in the beginning or B is she referring to that house that because she mentions it later I think in needs maybe at the end, she talks about a house that she needs to get to in the mountains. And then I think you even see a glimpse of some kind of snow and things in the attic in season two. So what mountain house is she talking about? Do we have any idea? Uh, short of opening up the dollhouse wiki, I'm not certain myself. I, I think on rewatches, I tend to think of this opening part here. Uh-huh. Because also, as we know later in this episode, when, when after she's been wiped and they're looking at the paintings, she starts talking about the snow and the mountain and all that. So I mm -hmm. tied them together, but I'm not certain if that truly is uh, what they're talking about. And I never really, I don't know, I never thought it was, and I don't know why. It seemed like it was bigger than just that opening sequence. And the way I always tied, well, I can't say always, I think this time what it finally dawned on me the reason the opening sequence tied into the rest of the episode was the whole idea of being born. And they're talking about, you know, when she's remote wiped, it's like being born and it's painful and it's scary. And, and, you know, there's no comfort in where she's at now. And that was the only really connection I ever saw between them. But I know what you mean about, they keep bringing back this mountains house in the mountains thing. Yeah. And she always imagine... talks about we're safe or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. So that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait, I think, maybe when we get there further. Or we'll we'll rely on many of you who are listening, and it might be yelling at your MP3 player. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll email Joss Whedon and see what he has to say. <laughs> this would be a good chance to plug our Facebook group or our email to, to let us know if we've totally screwed that up. We'll, we'll exactly. give all those details, as always, at the end. Please don't yell at me. <laughs> 
<laughs> Songs is directed toward me, huh? <laughs> and just for that, now it all will be directed towards you. <laughs> oh, yes. To Justin. <laughs> Thanks. But, uh, but no, but along with that uh, midwife scene, also fairly early in this episode, too, we've got uh, the quote reveal for those who haven't watched the unaired pilot of, of the uh, Victor doll, if you will, since he and Echo and Sierra have that uh, scene of eating and the whole Topher and Boyd man friend bison discussion. <laughs> look, they're a little bit bison. <laughs> well, now it was actually revealed last episode that he was a doll, wasn't it? Yes. During stage fright? Yes, it was. Oh, all right. Well, okay. I, okay. I think it's kind of like the reminder. Yeah, with them all back in, in the... I think yeah. this was the reveal if you had just seen the unaired pilot. That, that was his reveal when he was sitting at the table, you know, eating broccoli or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. That's... I must admit now, by the time I got the unaired pilot back in the rewatch rotation, I get a little confused what's where. So, And well, it's another reason that I know we discussed this when we watched the unaired pilot, if this should be, if the unaired pilot should be watched first or after. And it's, as we, as I've been doing the rewatch, I've been thinking more and more, it really needs to be watched after because I know even I'm sitting here going, okay, wait, that was in the, wait, no, that was <laughs> Yeah. You're like, why is this happening again? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I already... Did I just glitch? Okay, let's go. I have to say, I'm, I enjoyed the doll state more in this episode. Um, I think Eliza and everybody are settling a little bit better into uh, acting in the doll state because I know all the actors talked about um, when they first started was not really knowing what they wanted the dolls to be like and how to play them. And I think in this episode, I really got into it a little bit better, um, especially with Eliza as far as um, her doll state performance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best line ever. Where are the better rooms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, her definitely during like the remote wipe. I thought she did that really well. Yeah, that was a real scary thing, actually this early in the series to realize that that could happen too. I love Topher kind of freaking out, like his hysteria that someone's better than he is. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like his <laughs> panic. It's like, I'm not God. What? Oh yeah. And can I throw out? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Jen. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say Ivy. Yes. Oh yes. Ivy. Yes. That's what's really great about that is the whole juice box thing. <laughs> the whole start of all that. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, it is. It's pretty fun watching him get totally panicked about that, and and her just watching him bounce off the walls. <laughs> it was fun to see somebody ground him a little bit. You know, it was. I mean, as much as he's all like, "Yes, I must break you down to build you back up," and she's like, "Hey, look at the monitor. Bad stuff." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a couple of people mentioned in our. Uh, Facebook comments, which we'll touch more on near the end, uh, the whole idea that this was kind of also a chance for us to start to see Topher get knocked down a notch or two and uh, get a little more human, shall we say. Exactly. He's always been kind of the confident jackass in his in his abilities, and here you see him in that hysterical panic, like, what has happened? Who did it? And how are they better than me? Yeah, and how is that possible to even happen that way? Exactly. I just love that throughout the, the reiterating through the whole time. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He's very good at uh, 
pushing the blame somewhere other than himself, isn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's Topher. You gotta love him. Yeah. Yeah. Now that uh, introduction of uh, Taffy was quite, you know, eye catcher. I gotta say. I like uh. that one to the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza Dushku. I mean, she is she has broken out the leather pants, and you know, I mean, well, not the last time either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love the whole scene as she, you know, fills up the the fault door, and uh, the Bonnie and Clyde speech. And I mean, this is just a character that Eliza just sails right through. She, you know, I mean, this is the kind of character that she does, and um, I love the little ode to faith. I guess you could say with the blue skies and. Um, I like the I like the Taffy character. I'm a fan. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and a good point about the the faith, um, kind of the, the the nod to faith. Because I the first time I saw this and she's all blue skies, I'm like, oh, that's so five five five. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think every Whedon fan was like, yes. <laughs> Uh, that my other favorite from line for her is the whole taffy standard time. Time. <laughs> yes, yes, and I love after she breaks. He was like five minutes ago. We were on taffy standard time, <laughs> and now she's in the corner in a ball, rocking up and down. Like, what has happened? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I like the Bonnie and Clyde. They also got dead. I'll pass on that. Yeah, I'll pass they, on that. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just some really great stuff. I mean, it's a great way. Uh, to also see the idea of the engagements, as we said, sometimes being, you know, uh, let's face it, illegal. Uh, you know, that when Adele's talking early on about the, uh, we don't really know what the engagement are, but it's been flagged by the computer system, and, you know, they got to pony up a little more money, and it turns out they got this whole ruse going to get in. So it's like, ooh, okay, we're, we're not just doing, you know, you know, humanitarian things here. Well, and I think this was an, a good episode to show you know, a lot of people had trouble with why would these people really go to the dollhouse for some of these engagements or, or why would they really use the dollhouse when you have other means that are probably a lot cheaper. But, um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But hey, you know, people, if they have the money and it's an ultra elite organization, they're going to go here. You know, other normal people can't get to this. But, um, I think this episode did a good job to show at least with the taffy portion. I mean, you're not going to be able to go to general means to, you know, hire a, I guess you can hire a thief, but I don't, I don't know how that works. I'm, I'm not into the thieving crime, but I liked it. I thought it was a good reason for them to go to the dollhouse. Well, well yeah. what's a, yeah, I would say, I mean, what, what's a better need for a doll than have, you know, come in, have the best thief in the world or the best safe cracker in the world that you don't have to worry about, you know, getting caught, you know, uh, them squealing on you later. Exactly. Yeah, they won't know about it. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, they get wiped. I mean, these people don't even really exist if they ever happen to get caught. So, you know, a lot of upsides as far as that goes. <laughs> I have a question because I have a little Deachin like Monorant. So what, what do y'all think of Deachin as Taffy? I, it's, here's my thoughts on that. First off, it's great that we realize that two different dolls can be imprinted with the same imprint. Mm -hmm. And that was a cool concept to see here. Mm -hmm. But but her character is such a different Taffy. I didn't know if that shows us too, and I'm, maybe I'm over-reading into it, that each doll can bring their own personality or a different personality to an imprint. Because it, it's, to me, similar, but still radically different than Echo's Taffy. Yeah, didn't get quite the, the kind of almost carefree um aspect to it 
But in that same vein, when we look at what's happened now, Taffy, this, you know, Deacon's Taffy is, um, was robbed of a gig. It was given to somebody else who's botched it. And now she's got to come in and fix it. Mm-hmm. So it's not the, the Taffy that's coming in to do the job. It's the Taffy that's a little ticked that, you know, now she's having to come and save the day when she's already spent all this time planning the perfect heist. And so it, I think she's almost a little more smug, a little more self-righteous and, you know, a, a little more money grubbing because it, she's been, um, uh, been slighted, I guess. And that's where I read the difference from. Definitely, definitely. And, and I love Deachin. I, she's one of my favorite actors in Dollhouse. And um, I think I think the Kiki in season two worked better. I mean, just because, I mean, Inverse Kiki's hilarious. But I think I, I think it works better as far as they were like the exact same character, just in two different bodies. But um, the only thing I have with Deachin is I think, and she said it before, is that with her face, they always cast her in these sort of bitchy roles, as she said. And I think she just, she does so much better to me when she's in a role like in Stage Fright or she's in a role like um, Haunted or she's in, I don't know, sometimes I just, it's, it's the same thing with being human that's on right now. I love her, but sometimes in these sort of like ultra sexy, badass roles, sometimes it just doesn't. She's she's almost so sweet and kind, it doesn't work for me, I don't know. Could just be me, but... There are people that out there. Sense. There are people out there that say this, and they may not say it on a podcast or say it on Twitter, but they think it. <laughs> I've, I've found them, <laughs> and well, I love Deechin. I'm, I'm not talking bad about Deechin. I love her. I mean, she's she's a great actress, but I think she does better in a different type of role. Well, at, at the risk of sounding very shallow, but also since I, I love to be honest with you folks, uh, I got to say the the leather outfits do distract me, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at the kitty. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm not as focused maybe on that much detail. I got to give you a lot of props, Jay, for, for being able to do that. But um, <laughs> um, okay, but I, yeah, I'm trying to think out loud, and I can kind of see that. But I, I, like you said, Jen, I think the fact that since uh, this was presented to this taffy uh, with what's happened. She was a little more reserved. I didn't see it as a badass so much. It's just, like you said, very, very um, by the numbers. Okay, you've only got this much time. You know, her knowledge was helpful um, mm-hmm. rather than her personality. Maybe the Echo Taffy would have had this same type stuff if she wasn't dealing with the three guys trying to get them all to focus and get her, get her job done too. Mm-hmm. Interesting take. Hadn't really looked at it that way, i got to say. It's, it's mostly due to being human that I'm doing this rant, but... <laughs> it, it also kind of floats into dollhouse <laughs> <laughs> no it does you're right there it's that's it's always the thing with the actress which i think is part without going too da- too far down this rabbit hole for the concern some people had about eliza doing the doll thing some people have already uh, seen certain actresses or actors in a certain way good or bad and they have such a hard time uh, seeing them in something else mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not the performance uh, is top-notch or not Absolutely. You know, we all bring our own baggage, good or bad, sometimes to some of those uh, visions. Very true. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know how many times Kurt and I have watched something, and a particular actor will come on, I'll be like, oh, he's the bad guy. 
because he always plays a bad guy and then he's not the bad guy and then i'm ticked i'm like but he's evil didn't they see him in such and such now one of the other stories weaving in here naturally too is the whole um ballard coming home from the hospital and the lubov you know coming in on him uh you know, I, we got to see a bit here of, of Ballard re really being, you know, a, a real hard ass here. I was a little surprised first time around that he didn't end up doing something for Luba. I agree. And I think what it showed at this point, because I remember back in the day to just kind of like, wow. And I think for me, what that signaled was, okay, he's done playing around and he's ready to do whatever whatever it's going to take to find the dollhouse because it's been it's bad enough that his career at this point is a joke but now he's been shot you know he almost died because of all this and it, a lot of it has to do because of this this joke of a you know ci uh lubov and at this point he's like look if i can find out more for more about your dead body than i can by you know helping you out so be it i think he's just done yeah, poor Ballard. He gets shot a lot, so I don't. I don't blame him for being a little hostile. <laughs> yeah, the, through the whole course of uh, certainly the first season and more. I mean, this guy gets so mentally and physically abused. <laughs> uh, it, it's something. But I, mean, I, 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 I do recall from the first time through thinking, "Wow, this guy's really just—he's down there. I mean, he's going to do this to, uh, you know, his informant and and." Uh, you know, make like he's helping him and then not even offer to do it and, and everything else. It's Yeah, he, he has a lot of morally gray blocks in the first season, I think. A lot of things he does or a lot of choices he makes you wouldn't necessarily expect him to make, especially from like the first couple episodes. Um, I think his character definitely goes down a different path than you would have expected. Mm -hmm. he, he's definitely not the goody-goody cop that you would think, you know, straight and narrow always and stuff like that. So they made his character, you know, more interesting as he went along. Yep. I also found it interesting in this one, too, with the uh, once, uh, once Echo, I keep saying Echo, Taffy, <laughs> got, <laughs> got uh, remote wiped, uh, the fact that um, Boyd isn't even brought in on this. He's not even aware until Topher goes, you know, around to, to let him know. Uh, and when he confronts, you know, Adele, you know, as she properly puts it, you know, hey, if there's anything you could do and could have done, we'd let you know. So, I mean, I like how he gets a little cowboyish to go out there to try to help in the situation. Uh, still, you know, showing his affinity for Echo at this point. Well, and it also shows Adele acknowledging his affi affinity, too. So, I mean, when it, you know, it's at the end, it's like, no, send in a couple other people. He's not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I say part of that relationship there that's developing is, is interesting as we're starting to build the universe still, uh, you know, four episodes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely helps further Adele's character, too, just as being that, you know, she is the, the leader of that dollhouse and she does make all the decisions. I know Ambrose and things are higher up that you'll see later, but as far as what happens in that house, everything goes through Adele. And I think this was the first official episode, uh, first aired episode that we actually saw that she did answer to somebody else. When she gets the call and is, uh, yes, sir, we're, we're working on it, you know, we're, we're going to get it taken care of. And I think that if I remember correctly, that was the first time that I remember thinking, oh, she's not. 
the queen bee of all this. She does answer to somebody else. Mm -hmm. But not only that, but also just by the tone of the conversation, how literally the person, you know, hangs up on her while she's still like mid-sentence on something. Mm -hmm. The whole, you know, respect side of it is she just blurts out something to make it sound like the conversation ended on a good note since she's got the client in the room. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting very much. I mean, again, it was just very intriguing uh, first time through to see the whole concept very much of the remote wipe and how Topher and Adele deal with it and realize who did it. Yeah, uh, I like Topher totally calling her out on it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I love naturally his total, uh, you know, being toe for the spaz and, and paranoia to when she hands him the piece of paper thinking he's been fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared like a little girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do recall my first time through, I, I did not like Topher. I mean, he annoyed the heck out of me, which he was supposed to do. But I mean, I remember thinking, oh, this guy's just so annoying. So I mean, th this did start to humanize him a bit. But the whole idea that he had figured it out and that Adele literally has to have him sign a form for security reasons with what she's going to tell him. I mean, that's what made the bigger picture now very cool, the whole idea of Elf still out there and him being able to do this. And the fact that he needed to get a higher security grade to even know that was true. <laughs> I think I liked his explanation of the dollhouse in this episode when he said, you know, after Echo had been remote wiped and he was basically saying what it was like and, you know, fluorescent lights and forceps, again, going back to that birth scenario and then you know, versus inside the dollhouse where the lettuce is perfectly crunchy and there's throw pillows everywhere. And things. So I thought that did good at kind of explaining why it's like this big spa where they do yoga all the time and keep all the actives calm. And <laughs> well, it, it, Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Jen. Um, it, it does. It, it, it's kind of one of those things. I think like when, when you're first watching it, it's like, why, why are they in like Wolfram and Hart, the spa version? And, <laughs> It, but that does really kind of explain it's the the idea of that you know this this is all fresh and new to them every time and it's the idea of we're keeping them serene we're keeping them calm crunchy lettuce yada yada <laughs> I did love the crunchy lettuce I, I did I love that quote <laughs> throw pillows and perfectly crunchy lettuce <laughs> yes and and then you'll see in season two you'll see Bennett explain how different their dollhouse is as far as you know, there's like free-range chickens and, <laughs> and you know, how they keep theirs very differently. <laughs> yeah, but I also think, too, it's a good, especially this early in the series, it's it's a, an attempt very much to show the audience just how um, blank or empty the dolls are. We, we, you know, everybody thinks, or at least I think a lot of people when I, we were having conversations about this, concept of oh cool and printable personalities but they still felt like you were still someone when you were wiped and this is just driving home the point of how no and and we see it so perfectly with with uh, taffy slash echo inside the vault they they aren't even a child even a child could have some more reasoning power than than the dolls yeah i loved her looking at the the paintings and you know noticing that they were broken and likening that to her own self. Yeah, and the, the conversation with her and the, the stab tech guy, and I, I loved his, um, you know, how he kind of caught on quickly enough how how she had been reduced mentally to that of a child and the way he almost kind of would describe things to her in a way to try and make her understand. It, 
it was one of those things that seems like, I, I don't know, it just shows what kind of character he is, what kind of person he was, that even all said and done, he was still trying to help her out in some way. And I think my favorite line from him uh, when you know, he says something about going to prison and he says, prison is a place with no sky. And I love the idea behind that because we know the dollhouse is deep underground and it's, you know, that's it, kind of a, almost a nice parallel there that oh wow. it, 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 she's still in a prison, just one with crunchy lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never thought about it that way. My mind just always went to her blue skies statement. So that's, <laughs> I, I didn't go much past it, but that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very good point, Jen. <laughs> yes. Thanks. I try every once in a while. And then I'm, I have to piggyback on that. I want to know which version of Taffy anywhere in the world would actually think those were comfortable shoes. <laughs> Just saying. I never thought about that either. Again, I enjoy the, I enjoy the leather. <laughs> I was going to say, shoes wearing shoes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> Yes, there we have. We have Jen to balance us off. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Ladies, are you with me? That's all I got to say. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that, that's it's good. It's a good, it, it's still, it's a, it's a fun episode on a rewatch. Um, they, they, like I said, some of the introductions of, of Ivy and, and some other things are kind of cool, but it is very much, or I don't know about you guys, but for me, uh, certainly after finishing this one and getting into our discussion, I'm starting to like rub my hands together because it's like we're almost getting to the really good parts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're earning our stripes by getting through these uh, uh, earlier season one uh, episodes, but uh, it doesn't mean we can't have some good fun with them. Oh, yeah. It's just like these are great, but we're almost, <laughs> we're almost a man on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, any other um, points to cover before we touch on some feedback, gang? I think that's it. All right. Well, we appreciate, uh, as we always do, we're asking you folks for uh, feedback and thoughts to cover on. We do, we've do. we got an email and also several excellent comments in the Facebook group uh, that we wanted to make sure to kind of touch on. Um, and again, we've got, uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, if you want to do a search on uh, Active Architecture, uh, you should be able to find us. You can uh, join in the group there. We try to you know, let you know when the episodes are released. There's some dollhouse general discussions. And also, we try, uh, at least a few days before we record, throw out a thread if you've got any specific comments on an episode to let us know so we can kind of uh, look through them here. So let me just kind of skim the Facebook group uh, on some points that folks want to make sure we talked about. Uh, we had some similar things mentioned as far as the idea of uh, a doll getting imprinted with the same imprint uh, on that and how uh, interesting it is. We also had a pretty good discussion going about the uh, song choice at the end of the episode. Uh, myself and uh, Bob DeGrand, one of our listeners, are big fans of The Pretenders, and that uh, song was made famous, well, not done first by, but made famous by them. Uh, so that was pretty cool, actually, there. I got a real kick out of it the first time I heard it in the episode. Oh, very nice. I'd never heard the song. Yeah, I hadn't either, but I did very much like it. And now that I know it's a Pretender song, I'm going, how did I not know that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Bob and I are just showing our age because, you know, we were going to see the Pretenders live back in like oh. 1980s. <laughs> Boy, you, some of you were even born, so. <laughs> I do know who they are. I have some of their songs, but okay. <laughs> I did not know this song existed. <laughs> and I have not seen them live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, again, uh, Tammy was mentioned in, uh, in the Facebook group too about the whole idea of getting more hints about Echo, um, and, and uh, you know, the whole, whole "I'm not broken" line. Yes, exactly. Well, Some good stuff there. Uh, oh, now, I love the. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Jen. I, I love the um, comment from uh, I think it was uh, Jen Hobbit Fairy made a comment about did anyone else think that Echo was really attacked in the hotel? And she makes a great point. Uh, she says here, uh, freaked me the hell out and also made me wonder why it took four episodes for the subject to be raised. And it is a good point. Um, it, you know, especially that a lot of these dolls are going out on, um, you know, usually romantic, quote, romantic engagements. Um, and it, I do remember the first time watching that thinking, oh, what, uh, is Boyd going to, you know, cowboy in or, or what, you know, what, what, what's the deal with that? Yeah, I, true. I have a huge uh, comment about this, and I think it's explored perfectly in Man on the Street. I think with the duality of the two engagements that happened within that episode, or the two main storyline, the storyline with Echo and the storyline with Sierra, and um, I think it's explored perfectly in that episode. And so, um, but yeah, that, great comment, great comment. Yeah, and we also had uh, Marcus mentioning that uh, this was the first time where the outside world actually could seem more evil than the dollhouse a bit as we're seeing that balance between uh, their very closed-in protective space and, and uh, what can happen out there. So, it's, it, again, it was, the, it was a good balance of giving us that better understanding so we don't make too many assumptions about what the dolls are really like. And I, I remember that kind of starting at this point. And, that, and I know there's more times throughout. I couldn't pick one out specifically now, but there are more times as we go through the series where we start to see the dollhouse being maybe not quite the, you know, pure evil that was presented. Yes. And it can be a lot worse. And, and I don't know if I want to read too much into it, but again, the, um, the title, uh, gray hour, the whole idea of gray. I mean, mm -hmm. we're seeing that there are a lot more shades of gray when it comes to dollhouse and engagements and the people in it too. That's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Point for Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare when I'm, but I'm good when I'm not talking about weather outfits. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, those are some great comments there and some other ones. So again, we do uh, greatly appreciate that folks. Feel free to throw them in there as we're getting the different episodes. I mean, obviously we get some more uh, top-notch episodes. I suspect the threads will explode with thoughts, but uh, you know, keep them coming. Gives us some things to touch on, and and sometimes also some great stuff to make sure that we do talk about. Now, speaking of things to talk about too, we also got a great uh, email. Uh, I think it was just after we recorded our last episode. Um, uh, one of our regular listeners and someone who will probably be guest hosting with us in the future. One of our listeners, Angie. Uh, Angie's co-host over on the uh, at the Hellmouth Empire. Excuse me, Hellmouth Empire doing the uh, Buffy and Angel podcasts over there. But uh, let me read her email and then we can touch on it. Uh, uh, let me paraphrase a little bit. She mentioned how she's rewatching along with us and that she's even recruited another Whedon fan to watch it uh, for the very first time. So she's obviously can't have them listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> can't use it for some discussion points. But um, no, her question that she uh, brought up for us uh, was that she said, uh, quote, I write to you today about my favorite character at this point in the series, Boyd. I love the relationship between Boyd and Echo and how he seems to truly care for her more after each engagement. So I wonder what you all think of Boyd. Is he mentally ill? 
Are his feelings towards Echo for real, or is it just part of the elaborate illusion he's creating? I think Boyd is a little bit nutty. Um, but I think in all, I mean, and you see this in the the last episode that he's in, which I forgot the name of at this point. Um, but in that last episode, you see that he really loves this group of people. He wants truly to protect Echo. And it, as long as it's working for his agenda. And um, so, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think he really does truly care for Echo. Um, I think in the beginning, like, if, if we're truly looking at it as a complete series, I think in the beginning when he's pretending not to like her, I think that has to be pretend if you take into account season two. Um, but I think truly as it goes, he really is there to protect her, to watch over. Granted, it's for his own selfish needs. It's not necessarily for Echo. It's for her medical organs. But it is, <laughs> but he is trying to protect her in a sense. And yeah, that's actually a really good point. I'm actually um, reading right now inside uh, the dollhouse, one of the pop smart books. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually article I read last night, it was very timely and discussing, um, family and you know, how, how Joss's shows always talk about family and how Boyd, uh, I think it's the hollow men is the last episode and how he is talking about how they're all his family and, um, and how he's like so far off the target because, you know, in Joss, Joss's world, family is who you choose. And even though he's chosen them, um, they haven't chosen him. And, you know, I mean, I think Adele says it best and I still use this like as often as I can. You are spectacularly insane. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but it, it, it does, you know, does does merit some thought, you know, it, is he mentally ill? I mean, he's he uh, he's off his rocker. I mean, that, I don't think there's any two ways about that. But. I do think in a sense for him because I think he is a little bit of a sociopath and therefore, you know, because he's following Echo and, and protecting Echo for part of his needs, that's kind of the core ideal behind a sociopath, that it's all about him. Um, but for him, it is truly some sort of affection. I, in my compartmentalized brain, because we know that the whole Boyd's a bad guy didn't come up until early season two from a writer's point of view. Um, I, when it comes to season one, I can't retroactively say, well, he was, uh, you know, making believe or just playing the part. I very much, <laughs> in, in a weird kind of way, I look at what happens between season one and two of Dollhouse a bit like, uh, and I'm going to bring my Buffy analogy in here, it's a bit like uh, the summer break between uh, years in school. A lot can happen on that break. And that's when I'm thinking, <laughs> Boyd lost it. He snapped. <laughs> so I, I think of season one Boyd as a good guy. I think he truly, he truly cared. You know, he was the, 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 we don't, I don't know if we ever know exactly, but he was the, uh, law enforcement person, a cop or something before he, you know, ended up uh, doing something he probably shouldn't have, which is why he ended up needing a job like the dollhouse. So he was a little, uh, I don't know if you want to say bitter or, you know, uh, not looking at things from the positive side when he came in there. And I think the echo character very much softened him and, and saw that he, 
or, or helped him see that uh, you know you, you can do things uh, for better reasons. So that's the way I look at season one, Boyd. Very honestly, so I'm seeing him more as the good guy all up through the end of the season. You've got your own little side story going there. Like, <laughs> you really concocted this whole thing. That's pretty good. <laughs> World. <laughs> exactly. The Boydie Near World is much better. He makes more sense. <laughs> and and it doesn't pass any litmus test for being able to say that it's in any way congruent with the series. But <laughs> I am right now wearing my blinders and going la la la. Boyd's a good guy. La la la. You know, to in your head it works, and that's what <laughs> in my matters. Head it works because I cannot retroactively go back and watch the beginning of this series and in any way think Boyd's a bad guy. I just can't. I can't accept that. No, see, that's where my brain just goes crazy and thinks, like I, it's going ninety nothing, thinking, no, I don't like him, but but I do like him. But no, I don't like him because he's evil. And so. Yeah, I get like wrapped up in the episode, and I'm like, oh boy, I just wanted to get you there. You're such a, oh yeah. You're like, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> but I do like, I mean, it, the thing that's cool about him, too, again, is after we saw her in um, uh, the, uh, was it uh, Human Target? Um, the, the episode with that go out on the mountain getting hunted. Mm -hmm. Um when he captures that guy who was trying to kill him and shoots him in the leg to get the information he wants. And then in this one, when the, the art guy's trying to run away and he's basically telling him, no, I'm not going to kill you or, you know, because I can catch you. But if I have to, I'll, I mean, he is so matter of fact, he does have that edge of the uh, bad guy sociopath there, but he's also just very um, on point to that. He's going to do what he needs to do to get the job done. You have what I want. I'm going to get it from you. If you try to run away, I'll just shoot you in the leg. <laughs> no, he's not going to just randomly fire and kill someone. So he's smart enough and skilled enough that you do have to wonder a little bit about his background. You know, we never I, really get to go there. Yeah, and I do recall, I think, because they've set everything up at this point. You know, okay, Boyd is a former cop, and they keep alluding to the cop thing, and there's a cop history. And I do remember kind of thinking at this point, if he was a dirty cop or <laughs> if he was you know a cleaner or something you know or maybe he was a cop at one point and then he got sucked into something else and now he's in the dollhouse trying to like you know hide but yeah i i, I do know that was kind of the point i was like okay well he obviously has a thing for kneecaps he's apparently gone to the school at shepherd book <laughs> <laughs> well you know if he works at the dollhouse there's got to be something a little dark and twisty with him because, I mean, it's it's the dollhouse. It's not exactly, you know, Sesame Street. So, but I, I think, I, I think all, <laughs> look, I was just trying to think of something bright and happy. Sesame Street, bright and happy. I don't know. I would say Barney, but I watched it with my nephew the other day and it's a little creepy. But, uh, but all these things make me want to like go to Man on the Street because I think this is going to be a great episode to talk about just because, again, you see what Boyd does for Sierra. And, and how he protects Sierra in that episode. And um, again, it just makes his character really interesting to try to... Uh, again, you're going to have to figure out your own way to think about him, obviously, with how the series ends. So I think that's just going to be a... Yeah. You're, you're just going to have to figure out your own way around it, whether you try to make sense of it all like I do, or whether you create this huge side story like <laughs> Kevin, or whatever you do, you just... <laughs> you know, I think it's to each his own, I guess. Yeah, and I bet some of you out there listening have your own crazy stories that you do that, that make this work. Come on now, I can't be the only crazy one. <laughs> well, 
send them to us. Them. Yes, please, please. Post them to the Facebook group. Post to the Facebook group. Now there's our email address. Don't forget our email. Get in touch with us. Active Architecture at Gmail. Spin your theories. Yes, active. Also, Twitter. Our dolls active. It's been a little lonely. Not many of you have tweeted at us there. Spin your theories in 140 characters or less. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. It's kind of hard to spin dollhouse theories in 140 characters. I mean, I know we get pretty crafty with this 140 character thing. No. But, yeah, it's kind of kind of hard to do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Facebook is better for those crazy theories. But <laughs> if you're to talented enough to do it in 140 characters, be our guest. Yes, we are. Yeah. We are following. But, no, any of those methods, folks, we love hearing from you folks and giving us some thoughts, either uh, – Letting us know we're on the right track or just pointing and laughing, that's fine too because that's yes. part of the fun. <laughs> so uh, I think that's probably just about going to wrap us up for this time. Like I said, we're all getting very excited as we're starting to get to the real meat of the series, and, and it's also going to be a lot of fun having uh, regular guest co hosts. Uh, many of you uh, expressed interest in that, so it's going to be good having some other voices to, to bounce some things off going forward. Can't wait. We need to come up with something good for the final of the Fox Five. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> I, it took my brain about thirty seconds to process what you said. <laughs> Forget saying it; I can't even comprehend it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think on that note, we'll stick a fork in it. I think we're pretty much done. <laughs> awesome. Thank Appreciate you, you all listening. Thanks. <laughs> Till the day I die